The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, as always, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today's show is going to focus on Thursday night's preseason game with the New York Jets. Yes, folks, that's right. We actually have New York Giants sort of pretend football on Thursday. At least guys in uh, Giants uniforms will be running around, some of whose names you may know, a lot of whom you may not. But uh, anyway, it's a real Giants football game. And, and here to help me uh, help me talk about uh, about what we might expect on Thursday is Big Blue View's Chris Flum. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing, Ed? I'm good. You know, I, I I had to bring you on. I mean, you're a you're a you're a podcast host without a co-host these days. So you know, I had to had to bring you in out of the cold. Yeah, you know, I can't exactly say I'm a free agent, but that's kind of the feeling. No, I mean, you know, Chris, uh, you just for folks that that haven't listened, you and Dan Pizzuta had been doing a show for us here on on Big Blue View Radio, and Dan, of course, has moved on to uh, to Sharp Football. We will eventually perhaps be doing some some new things with the podcast, you know, but but for now, you, you get to listen to me and, and, and we'll have Chris on every so often. We'll have as many guests as we can. So we'll, we'll keep uh, we'll keep marching forward with the podcast for you folks as as the season unfolds. So so, Chris, let's uh, let's get right into this. With the Giants, they're facing the Jets, and and I don't care who the team is that they're playing. And and listen, the way I look at this right now is whether you're an optimist or a pessimist about what the Giants may or may not be in 2019, and how you feel about some of the offseason moves. This is a time when you should be fired up to watch some Giants football. When you should really be interested. It's an exciting time because. We get to watch some new players and get our first our first real in game look at at a lot of these guys. Yeah, that, that's it exactly. It, basically, regardless of how you feel about the team entering the year, football is back. That's something to be excited about. And 
there's a whole lot of new names to learn, a whole lot of guys we probably have never seen before. There's a lot of guys really either looking to make their dreams come true or keep the dream alive. So there's a lot of good reasons to watch, even though it is, you know, preseason football and preseason football game one at that. And of course, one of those big reasons is that we will most likely see, you know, quite a bit of Daniel Jones, the sixth overall pick, quarterback from Duke, guy who some people thought the Giants shouldn't have taken, other people think they should have taken. You know, we get our we get our first glimpse of uh, of Daniel Jones, you know, behind center playing football for the New York Giants and and, and Chris, what are you looking for from Jones on on Thursday night? I'm going to be looking for a lot of the same things I am for really the rest of the team. And that's just put down a decent baseline, you know, especially for a rookie. But preseason as a whole is about improvement. It's about going out there and playing, hopefully playing well, but mistakes are going to be made. But hopefully not made again and again and again. Really, I'm just looking for him to go out and execute the watered-down vanilla version of the offense that we are going to see. I want to see him go through his reads, throw the ball accurately, and just not screw up too bad. Well, you know, that's that that's not a high bar, not screw up too bad. But uh, but let, let me say this. I've been watching Jones. I've been fortunate enough to get to... Uh, the rookie mini camp and some of the OTAs and, and and a few of the training camp practices, and one of the things that that you look at is does it look like NFL quarterback play? Does it look like NFL football when he's behind center? I can remember a few years ago watching Ryan Nassib, you know, his first couple of preseasons and, and training camps with the Giants and. And just shaking your head because the ball was going all over the lot. It, it just a lot of times didn't look like pro football. He didn't look like a pro quarterback in a lot of instances. And, and the most encouraging thing that I can say about Daniel Jones at this point is from day one, this hasn't looked too big for him in his interviews, in his stuff on the field. It's looked like pro football. He's sounded like a pro football player. And I think for, for Giants fans getting their real first glimpse of him on Thursday night, I think that's what you're going to see is a guy who I don't know what the ceiling is, but it looks like pro football when he plays quarterback. So let me ask you this, Chris. Obviously, a lot of new faces, a lot of, you know, which we've talked about. Just a couple of the other players for you that you're really, really interested in in seeing on Thursday night. I'm going to start with my under-the-radar dark horse guy, and that's Jake Carlock, the DB from Long Island View Post, and... He's moved to linebacker. The Giants just released their unofficial depth chart, and they actually listed moneybacker as a position on it. Now, like I said, that's unofficial. That's not put out by the coaches, really. It's more of the PR department. But the fact that they have that listed 
and a player who was a defensive back. He has the size to play linebacker, and he's moved to that position. To me, that's really interesting. I I don't expect the coaches to show much of their hand at all in this game. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of, or if any, wrinkles on offense or defense, but that is one thing I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, is how they use him, because I think that could also give us a clue as to how they use Jabril Peppers going forward once we get to like preseason game three and you know when the games actually matter. Carlock is an interesting guy. I had the chance to talk to uh, to his coach at at FIU during the you know at, during the the off season, and my guess on Carlock, my thinking on Carlock specifically is that I think he might be a guy who lands on the practice squad. He's a guy who does long snapping, and we know that that Zach Diossi can't go on forever. So I, I wonder if even though on the, on the depth chart, they don't list Carlock as a long snapper. I have seen him do some snapping, you know, during camp. I have seen him, you know, working with the, working with the punters, um, things like that. So I wonder if they may look at Carlock as a long term possible replacement for Zach Diossi. That would be interesting. And. I, I think that would be a good move to have that in the pipeline because whether the Giants special teams have been up or down and we've seen them really at both extremes, Diossi has been a constant and I think he kind of gets taken for granted, you know, after 13, 14 years of just being consistent there every game, always one of the first guys downfield to make a tackle, always being just always just being fundamentally sound and just being that kind of rock in the middle of the Giants special teams. And like you say, that he's not going to be around forever. I joked when Tom Brady got his contract extension that you know, I don't think there was anything in the rule book about players you know, going around the field on a hover round, but I don't think Diasi will be able to play on a hover round eventually. Well, you might be able to snap from one, but I'm not sure you can get down the field and 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 cover punts. I'm not sure that's legal. Uh, maybe if you're like you know hot rodded it, and but that'd probably be tough on the turf. Ah, uh, who knows? Anyway, <laughs> Jake Carlock is an interesting guy to look at. You know, my guy, if I was going to pick one to look at, is a guy that if 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 folks have have been reading at Big Blue View, I think you can see this one coming a mile away. My guy that, and I'm not really even interested myself in seeing him. I want people to see throughout the preseason. I want people to see C.J. Conrad, the undrafted free agent tight end out of Kentucky. I have been saying in recent weeks that I am 100% fully convinced that Conrad is making the 53-man roster. This is a young man who can catch the football he he runs good routes for a tight end. Lunda Wells, the Giants tight ends coach, told me that that one of the really impressive things about Conrad as a as a receiver is that he has a good understanding of zone coverages, where to find the openings, you know, how to work himself free. 
And, and when I talked to Conrad a couple of weeks ago, you know, a lot of guys block because it's part of the job. This kid gets fired up talking about blocking and how important it is to him. And, and that was impressive to me. So I'm just anxious and I'm looking forward to, to, to people getting a chance to see CJ Conrad in action throughout the preseason. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think he's got a actually maybe even a really good chance of making the 53 because you know his hurdle is Scott Simonson, who yeah, nothing against him, but he's kind of a guy. It, he offers a very similar skill set to Rhett Ellison, and there isn't anything really special about him. So if Conrad can really get after it blocking, if he can be a dynamic receiver, maybe not at the order of like guys like Kelsey or Zach Ertz or Engram or George Kittle or anything like that, but just being able to get out, actually threaten the defense and maybe make something happen. He's cleared that hurdle to be the number three tight end. And who knows, the Giants might even decide to keep him and let Red Ellison go. That would free up about $5 million over the next two years. That's an interesting possibility, Chris. It's one we have discussed a little bit at Big Blue View. We'll have to see what happens. But but Conrad is is my pick, you know, when it comes to undrafted free agent that I think is most likely to end up making the 53-man roster. So, we'll, you know, in a couple of weeks when, when roster cuts come in a, in a little while – We'll just have we'll just have to see how smart I wind up being. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and then we will come back and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Jets and Giants and and what to expect on Thursday night. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine here along with Chris Flum on the Valentine's Views podcast as we continue to talk Jets and Giants for the the preseason opener on Thursday night. Chris, this is kind of interesting. You mentioned it. I think we're going to see a really vanilla game. I don't think we're going to see James Betcher tip his hand at all in terms of you know, cornerback blitzes and, and, and fancy defensive schemes. And I don't think we're going to see Pat Shermer tip his hand at all when it comes to offensive wrinkles, things of that nature. Because the Jets and Giants play during the regular season this year. I, I don't think, I don't, so I don't think you're going to see anything in terms of, of, you know, something that they might want to save and something that they might want to keep, you know, in their back pocket for, you know, for, 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 for the real games. Oh, yeah. I, I'm personally, especially on offense, expecting something that looks kind of like the Ben McAdoo offense, just straight vanilla, not even French vanilla. Convenience store, corner store, generic brand, vanilla. West Coast offense, the basics of the basics. And to, I, to be honest, I'm okay with that at this time of the year too. Yeah, you, you have to be able to execute the basics if you want to really get anything done with the wrinkles. Otherwise, you're just going to spin your wheels. But yeah, the things that I've really wanted to see, like you know, 
Saquon Barkley being moved around the offensive formation, getting out and targeted in the slot, getting moved out wide, Evan Ingram getting moved around back to like H back or out wide in the slot, put in motion and running the ball. We're not going to see any of that, which is a little bit disappointing to me, but it also makes all kinds of sense just from both an installation and development of the offense point of view, like I said, just setting down the baseline. And also, you if you are if you have a preseason game against a regular season opponent, you want your cards so close to the vest, it, make it look like you don't even have any cards. Yeah, exactly. So I think the Giants will hold everything. Uh, they'll hold they'll hold the good stuff back. So and really, as Pat Shermer said, it's really about. It's not about scheme and game planning. It's about seeing how the guys execute the things they're asked to do, how a lot of these young players, you know, respond to, to game situations. And Chris, the one thing we really haven't talked about much at this point is really this, this young defense that James Betcher is trying to put together. I'm not sure how much guys like Antoine Bethea and Janoris Jenkins and Alex Ogletree and some of the veteran guys will play, but one of the fascinating stories for me this year is is this young defense and how quickly it develops and, and how many of these guys really turn into players. And, and that's another thing I'm really excited to see Thursday night is our first really live look at, at, at some of these young guys on defense. Yeah, yeah, I almost don't expect to see Bethea much at all. Kind of like Eli, maybe a series, maybe two if it's a really quick series. Although on defense, I think if you get a really quick series, you say, okay, good. You know, have a seat, take the rest of the night off. I'm very interested to see Julian Love at free safety. I would have thought Corey Ballantyne might have been the guy to get transitioned to safety, just Based on his size, the very limited amount of tape I was able to scrounge up on him, part of most of which actually came from practices for the Senior Bowl, but just his size, his athletic profile, what I could see of his game really reminded me of Bennett Jackson, and he took to free safety very well before he got injured. And Julian Love was a really good cornerback for Notre Dame, so that Love was the guy who was being transitioned to safety slash nickel corner was a bit of a surprise to me, and I'm just interested to see how it works because I do like the idea of transitioning players, cornerbacks, to that free safety role. I think Julian Love is a really interesting guy, and I'll be honest, early in training camp, you know, some of the practices that that I was attending – I kept writing in my notebook, you'd, you'd see a pass completion, and I kept writing in my notebook, 37 in coverage, 37 in coverage. And 37, of course, is the number that Julian Love is wearing. But I think that you kind of have to temper that. You've got to give the kid a little bit of rope early because he's a rookie learning two positions. And... His play, you know, throughout camp has, has improved steadily. I think it's a really good idea for the Giants to try to identify 
one of these young players. I mean, Antoine Bethea is a 35-year-old guy. He'll bring some things to the table for the Giants. Mostly as a leader, I think he can still play enough that that he'll be he'll be an obvious upgrade over Curtis Riley, which isn't setting the bar very <laughs> high, of course. But that, that, that's lower than the bar that I set for Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, but but Bethea is a short term solution at free safety. I think it's great that the Giants have identified a guy. And Julian Love, I think the thing that the Giants are, are impressed by is is the young man's intelligence, his ability to learn, his ability to, you know, to quickly, you know, gain the ability to, to get guys lined up and learn the defense. And And my question with Julian Love is, does he have the long speed to be – a real center fielding free safety. And I guess we'll find out. Yeah. You know, just his long speed is a little bit of a question. It's more of a question at cornerback than at free, than at safety is he, he ran a four, five, two or sorry, four, five, four at the combine. And while that's not great for a cornerback, that's, that's actually pretty good at, for a safety. He tests or that's right around the uh, 60th percentile among safeties, at least according to the ones in the mock draftable database. That's for people who don't know. That's where we get all our really cool spider plots of uh, combine performances. I personally love the site. So yeah, I think love does have the range to, kind of roam that deep middle of the field at least as long as he gets used to seeing the defense from that area and he can diagnose it and just be able to tell what the route concepts are and where the players are going to be he should be fine in that regard and chris you mentioned Corey ballantyne and i'm just going to say this right now we talked to Corey ballantyne about the the shooting you know that that cost him uh that that cost his friend Dwayne Simmons his life you know the night that that Ballantyne was drafted you know left him uh with with a bullet in the backside um so you know he and he was very very impressive i thought very mature for a young man you know when he when he spoke to us and since that time you know, we all kind of wondered, well, how far behind is he going to be? How quickly is he going to develop? Corey Ballantyne has been extremely impressive on the field over the last couple of weeks. And sort of like I put a marker on the table regarding CJ Conrad, I'm going to put another marker on the table here regarding Corey Ballantyne. The Giants drafted Sam Beal in the supplemental draft a year ago. Beal, of course, spent the entire year on IR with a shoulder injury. They drafted, you know, Ballantyne this year in the sixth round. And and the marker that I'm going to put on the table is that I think by the end of this season, Corey Ballantyne is going to be a more important player to the Giants defense than Sam Beal. On top of which, my guess is that Ballantyne may end up having a better career than Beal as a cornerback in the NFL. That's a hell of a marker to put down. Um, I'm not going to disagree with it just because we haven't seen Beal. 
and that is that's kind of a double-edged sword because we don't really know what he's capable of but it also doesn't matter what you're capable of if you're always on the training table yeah the shoulder that that sucked it it was not good for him to lose his rookie year wasn't great for the Giants to basically lose out on a year of his contract, a year of him being under control for, you know, a third round contract. And now to be dealing with hamstring and groin issues, that's just, it's not a good track record to, to have to begin your career. And Ballantyne has definitely, definitely taken advantage of the opportunity. You know, it seems like seemed like the other day, every other tweet I saw coming out of training camp was either Ballantyne breaking up a pass or picking a quarterback off. For a guy who was really just a massive question mark, no, nobody really knew who he was. That's just great to read. Yeah, he definitely, he has the athleticism and you just never know. I mean, a kid comes out of Washburn, doesn't play the level of competition that that a lot of guys have played you you never know how he's going to translate skill wise and and everything that you see so far tells you that he can stand up to this obviously he's a 6th round pick he's not going to be a guy who's going to be asked to start right away he may not even play right away at, you know much if any at all although i will say this considering Corey Coleman being out for the year as the uh, the kickoff returner Giants fans should remember how explosive Coleman was at the end of last year and I thought that Coleman could have a big impact on the Giants this year as a as a kick returner if not as a wide receiver I watched Corey Ballantyne in a couple of practices work as a kickoff returner and again I would not expect to see him early in the season as the primary kickoff returner. But this kid can run. This kid, I don't know what his 40 time is, but he gets to top speed in a hurry. And I would not be surprised at all to see Corey Ballantyne returning some kickoffs for the Giants at some point this season. That would actually be a great way to just get him on the active roster, get him on the field, just get him involved on special teams you could see him you could see how assignment sound he is if he's covering kicks how well he tackles and that way you've got him he's active so if for some reason you actually need to reach into your back pocket for a db on game day you've got him there all right chris i think uh, i think we'll call it a show for today on on that note uh, you know we have a we have a game to look forward to on Thursday. I thank you much for uh, for spending a little bit of time with me today. I know uh, I know I know you miss your uh, your your podcast partner. So you know, we, like I said, we'll bring you in out of the cold whenever we can. Yeah, thank you. And I, I gotta say, it's a little weird to be doing this and not have I don't know ten fifteen tabs open just to try to keep up with Dan. Yeah, Mr. 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 Analytics, Dan Pizzuta. Yep. 
Well, you know, it's it it's a little different, you know. We'll but we'll uh, you know, but we we do what we can. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, and uh, you know, we we wish Dan well over at Sharp Football and Giants fans. We we thank you very much for for listening. We remind you to please subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Join the community at BigBlueView.com if you haven't done so already. Follow us on Twitter at Big Blue View. Follow us on Instagram, Big underscore Blue underscore View. Follow us on Facebook. And uh, please remember, you know, we'll be giving you all of your coverage of Giants Jets on Thursday night. So uh, come on over to the website and check all of that out. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.